Welcome to The Atypical Leader with Rick Brennan, where we talk about harnessing what makes you unique and maybe even a little odd, while at the same time dismantling the notion that you have to be a certain type of person or act a certain way to be an effective leader. I'm definitely a leader, not a follower. I like the sound of this. It's time for us atypical leaders to come out of the shadows and learn to be proud and confident in what makes us different. I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of who I am. Atypical Leader starts now. Well, hello, Judy. Judy, Judy, hello. Judy. I haven't uh, sung you a song in a long time. No, you haven't. I don't know if I've actually ever sung a song on our podcast. No, because I usually cut you off before you do, but I'm kind of in the mood. Let's yeah. hear it. I'm you in the mood. Isn't there what's that song? <laughs> I'm in the mood for love. And that's why I don't let him sing to you people. I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, you, you're. We have to go out and do karaoke someday, though. Yes, we will. Yeah, you sound is excited. Are you going to sing? Is there? Uh, is there? A Are place you going to now? sing? I asked. When now? No. At ca- oh my God! It's karaoke. At kar- is there a place in Hako? I never asked you that. I asked you if we go to karaoke. Are you going to sing? You get me drunk enough, I'll sing. Okay. But you have to sing with me. Oh yeah, yeah. I have no problem getting up there. So today. Yes. Sir. And today only. Here on the Atypical Leader Podcast, we are going to talk about fun and hard work and how they really should coexist. They should actually be one and the same. What do you think of that thought? I think it's great. Have you ever lived that? Ever experienced that? I lived that. Yes, I did. Oh, tell me about it. Well, I worked in the comedy business for years. No one knows exactly how hard it is to put on a comedy show, but, uh, you know, of course, it's that atmosphere anyway. Uh, because you're in the entertainment business and uh, you work hard, you party hard. But working hard was part of the party, if you understand what I'm saying. Like we'd be out, we'd be, our, we would just be cooking on the floor, the waiters, the waitresses, you know, behind the bar, they'd be all cooking and then the comics would come up and boom, they'd be cooking. So while, even though you're working your ass off, you're still having so much fun. You know, oh, I get it, hundred percent, hundred percent. People are laughing. You're laughing. You know, I mean, there's times I had to go out of the room. I was laughing so hard. I had to go back into the kitchen. Um, Do you ever pee yourself? Yeah, so, pardon me. You ever pee yourself laughing so hard? No, back then, no. No. <laughs> uh. Now it's every second day. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to. <laughs> uh, no, because I. Laugh it all depends. But no, but even, you know, and even when I went from the club atmosphere, because I ran the clubs for years, and when I went into right, full into administration, uh, and I wasn't in the clubs anymore, I had hired people to look after them for me. We had so much fun in the office, too. Like it was, it, you know, the group that we had, the team that we had, we just got along really well, and we laughed a lot. So did and that even, make, were you productive? Very productive, yes, yes. And you think that that fun and hard work combination that allowed for that productivity? Yes. Okay. And, and I, was it always like that in your career? See, I'm doing the interviewing today. I've okay. got the question. I'm just going to pound you here with the question. Um, you know, really? Yeah, because when I had my restaurant, it was busy, but we had fun. We were always laughing, keeping the customers happy. Um, and even when you're in the weeds, I mean, I, I when I used to get in the weeds, I'd laugh because what, what are you going to do? You're in the weeds. You might as well just What do you mean in the weeds? Out. Um, in the weeds means you're so far behind, you're never going to get caught up. Like right. you got so many drinks, you you know, you're just, it's so busy. You just can't keep up to it. So that's but bar lingo? Is that bar lingo? 
Lingo. That's yeah. not the right it, word, is it? Yeah, lingo. Yeah, it's okay. yeah, it's from service industry. Um, but you always do. Hopefully, you do. I always did. I always managed to find my way out. I think a lot of it was because I had a good sense of humor and I could humor my uh, patrons. I've been in I've been in places that they're not fun, but I usually have fun because I used to just make my own fun. Do you know what I mean? Well, I know what you mean, but I think you're lying because I know you talked to me before how the last bunch of years you worked for a certain company that was no fun. Yes, I hated parts of it, but in our local team, we still had fun. But the the outside uh, influences weren't fun. Well, but that's part but, of it. I mean, you can't ignore yeah. the outside influences. You can't yeah. say, oh, well, you know, the 10% of the time where I'm not impacted by the outside influences, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, that's just not the way it works. Well, yeah, it got it got pretty dicey at the end. But generally, you know, other than those five years, no, you know, because I always had fun wherever I went. You always had fun and you worked hard your whole career. Yeah, pretty oh. much. Well, that's good. Was, so you must have a very fulfilled career then. I has. I had a great career. Well, good for you. Good for you. Yeah. And I'd have to say, for my most part, it was the same thing too. Yeah. And I think it's actually the key to high performance. It's not to have fun. I don't even know if I buy into the play, work hard, play hard. Because mm-hmm. it almost sounds like two separate things. You know, I think that fun and hard work need to coexist. Because it can't be go out and get drunk, party all night, but I come in and I work hard. Because that mean having fun in the workplace directly in the workplace matters too that people are laughing and joking and have you know telling you know and in meetings are fun and it's not all serious and now there's a balance to that we got to be productive and that gets to the hard work Uh and it's that combination Uh where fun and hard work just kind of fit like a glove you know and you don't even notice they just coexist and of course go to the bars no no one's putting down that yeah yeah, but I mean, that's what I'm saying. Even when we were working physically or mentally really hard, no matter whether it was in the administration office or in the bar, in the comedy club, we were working hard. But at the same time, we were still having a lot of fun. So imagine okay. going to work every day, feeling pumped okay. up, happy, satisfied, loving every minute of your time in the office. Then imagine everyone else at work feeling exactly the same way. Think of, think of the productivity that would happen. Think of the team and how the team would grow, how the team could accomplish. It would be incredible. It would be. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I would certainly say that, you know, employees, not just employees, managers, employees, colleagues, enjoying work is really essential to high-performance teams. I don't think, no matter how strategically smart you are, if you don't enjoy your work, it's hard to become a high-performance team. Definitely. And, you know, I didn't have to, I didn't work in uh, situations like you did, but it must've been harder in some ways. It must be, it must've been hard for you in some ways to create that because you had the whole corporate culture around you, you know, and that, that I don't know, was your whole corporate culture like that? Or was it just your teams that really enjoyed their jobs and had a lot of fun? Let me answer that. That's a very good question because let's face it. Corporate culture is really people. People come, people go, corporate culture changes. It's great that there's a mission statement and HR's got all this shit, but that's really not the way it works, No, right? So if I would go back, you know, right through my career, like when I was early days of the Atlantic region with Shoppers Struggling, I think the corporate culture was one of expansion, excitement. We were all young. We were all partying. It was was a fun and exciting place to be. 
but bosses would start to change. I was going to ask you that. It really does depend on the top in some ways, too, does it? It certainly matters, sir. So I'm sort of a district manager. The top matters. They're going to define. So the regional VP is going to define what we can do and what we can't do. He's going to set the mood in the office and all those sorts of things. And we've had wonderful people that said great examples and did great things. And then we've had the stern, obnoxious, self-centered, typical executive who knew it all and would start to diminish the culture. And what you see when that starts to happen, people start to leave. And not leave banging their fist on the table, just slowly, the culture's not for me, and people start to leave. And I certainly got to that point there. And I went to... McKesson after that, and a great culture again. But what happened to me, and I was really lucky that I had control of Atlantic Canada in both sales and operations. So my boss was in Montreal, come down Uh every couple of weeks, but I was really in control of my environment. That made it easy. Now I had to satisfy my boss, but they weren't so much into the cultural aspect. They were more into the operational financial aspect. So we could cultivate a team, cultivate a team, and we start to rock and roll. But right. then I would have bosses change from Montreal and come down and, and man, kill culture. Kill culture. Right. We're yeah. not doing this. This is what we do. I want to know everything you're doing and how you're doing it. I want this report and that report. And all of a sudden, everybody's doing reports. But I was always sneaky enough to still be able to maintain my culture, just kind of minimize the impact of the boss on my team. Now, right. It was a song and dance. It was a lot of lot of bobbing and weaving. There's no doubt about it. But I'm atypical. I was used to that. Exactly. I'm used to shit Good not that. being the way it's supposed to be. Everything being kind of fucked up. That's the way my mind works. So this, right. you know, these guys aren't going to bob weave me. At least I was lucky enough. I didn't get fired, and we managed to hold on to the team. But you know, and then I've I've just had oh my god when we did the the integrated uh, drug supply model in uh-huh. with McKesson. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It took years to get that negotiated, and Montreal insisted in sending people down to help us out, so to speak, and they couldn't right. be any more disruptive. I mean, they just simply couldn't have been. Everything you wouldn't want. And yet we had already formed a strong enough culture that we could get through it, and we did. But it wasn't easy because everyone's got an opinion, right? And it is so important to get your bubble and maintain your bubble and not compromise. And you can't be stupid. Can't put your Mm -hmm. neck out so far that it gets cut off. You got to maintain that team integrity. But that's hard when you've got someone over top of you that comes in and doesn't want that atmosphere. Yeah, it is. It is. But countless ways that that could unfold, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I, know. Yeah, I, so, I mean, so in my circumstances, and my mind would be, I mean, listen, I want to yeah. be successful. Okay. I know the only way I could be successful is my team has got to rock and roll. So right. if I allow someone come in and to devalue my team or send my team into a, a non-productive sort of pattern, I'm going to fail. Unlike yeah. another executive who sees that my value is me. I'm the smart one. I'm the strategic one. My values, I didn't see it that way. I saw my value as the team. Right. It's the only way I could be successful. So I knew we got to maintain the culture, had to make fun and hard work, like the same thing. We had to rock and roll inside of our own bubble. And so right. that's where all my focus went. So if I had to manipulate situations or do whatever I had to do to protect my team and ensure the integrity of our culture, that's what I did right. over and over and over again. But you had fun. 
I always had fun. Well, you know what it's like. Yeah. It's fun and yeah. it's not, but generally it was always fun. It was always, yeah. I believe, that everybody enjoyed coming to work. You know, not right. always, not always, because, I mean, you can't help life little bumps in the road and other people getting involved and and all these kind of disruptions. That's life. But generally, it's critical that people love coming to work. Right. Where again, they it, it, that's what I mean. It's the fun and hard work coexisting. It's the enjoyment of work. It can't just be, I went out... You know, we had a Christmas party, went out and had a great time. That was fun. It's got to be every day. Yeah. And, and, you know, I saw that culture change and I was part of it, unfortunately. There was a whole bunch of different reasons. But I think back in our day when you were doing the company you worked for and, and I was at Shoppers, yeah. everyone was the wild, wild west back then. Yeah. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't a lineup of publicly traded companies. You know, we were still in the day when a lot of people were independent and stuff like that. And over time... Right. The, you know, publicly traded company has taken over. Yeah. And that really has caused values to change. Now it's really yeah. about making that bottom line, shareholder value, creating a team that is happy and productive that really are high performance teams is more difficult. Your hands are tied oh. in many ways because you know what's going to happen. It's going to come that last yeah. quarter and got to make the money and we got to cut some stuff. And it's not always smart decisions to cut, but in order to make that number for executives to get their bonuses, that's what we do. And for the shareholders to get theirs. To get, know. well, they want share value, right? Yeah. And I get that. Yeah, they do. But uh, it's changed the world. Yes, capitalism is not always um, a pretty sight. No, it's not. It's not. But to kind of go back to this about fun and, and, you know, creating culture and fun and hard work coexisting, there's one Mm -hmm. fundamental thing that's required to make that happen. And that would be? Well, that's the basics of basics. No matter how great you are as a leader, how much everyone loves you, if your organization is a mess, you want to have fun, I need my box first. I need to know what my job is, what I'm accountable right. for, what everyone else is accountable, how you're going to hold me accountable. All those sorts of things are critical. Then from that, now that I, I know, now I have that comfort level to break out. I mean, nothing worse. You want to kill a good culture is shit on people for doing exactly what they thought they should do. Exactly. And it yeah. happens all yeah. the time. Yeah. Communication is poor. There's no follow-up. There's no accountability. Someone else didn't do that. Those are killers. Killers to culture. Yeah. I agree, definitely. I mean, it happened. I was, I even was bad for that at times. So, um, you know, I look back and think, fuck, what was I thinking? But at the time, the culture I was working in, that was the type of culture it was. Right. And so what's interesting, I just got to interrupt because it just makes me think, is our culture was so good that if, come on, I'm like you, I can forget I can forget mm-hmm. to do this and forget that. But the culture was so good that people would come and say, Rick, you know, you kind of forgot to do that. We got to do right. this to give. So everyone's covering everyone else's back. Everyone's got an invested interest in making sure that everybody is successful, even me as the boss. Because I'm vulnerable. Right. I, like, I can make mistakes four times a day. Right. But, you know, yeah. but with everyone filling up and everyone or someone coming in, what's going on? Uh, you seem a little off these days, you know, and that kind of smartens you up a little bit. And, you know, I think back to where I uh, it got to the point where we were a very dysfunctional family. <laughs> and, and that was very unfortunate for some people that worked there because it was a very dysfunctional family in a lot of ways towards the end. You know, and you don't really know, you don't really see it until you get out of it and you think, holy fuck, what was I thinking? So, Rick, when you said that you have fun at work, was it because you did, did you do like events 
Did you go out or did you have things happening in the office that you blended into the workday? How did you how did you bring the fun into it? Yeah, we did all that sort of stuff. But it's very important, and we just talked about it, that the basic had to be there. The basic box had to be there of organization, accountability, people having fun day to day. And okay. then the other stuff works. If all that right. bottom box is missing and I bring it, I say, let's have a chili cook off or I bring in a food truck to have pizza that mm-hmm. lasts as long as the pizza truck's there and people exactly. go back into yeah. their disorganized job. Right. So, right. I, and, right. And, and so one thing we always had was a social committee. Oh, okay. So the staff would fund and we'd throw some money in and do some different things. And that social committee, because we wanted to be the employees, initiative to decide what they want to do and we'd help fund it and that sort of stuff and they would do everything from chili cooks-offs to donuts on friday to food trucks coming in to christmas parties and halloween parties and different things around the office so there was a continual activity or they'd have a draw every friday for like ball tickets or whatever it might be so there's continuous activities but it had it's so critical and people don't get it because typically what you get is HR. HR has a formula and they send it out to all the different departments. Okay, we're going to do jeans on Friday. That becomes a fun thing for your business. Mm-hmm. Unit. Well, if you're relying on HR to determine success, the happiness of your employees, I can guarantee you're going to fail because it's a personal right. thing. You've got to take control. You've got to make it happen. You've got to be the catalyst to make that happen within your team. Well, and it sounds like the team also made it happen because of this social club. Yeah, but the social right? club's three or four employees, right? That volunteer their yeah. time. No, no, I know, but they would create things. So, I mean, it was, you allowed the atmosphere so that they could have that. So they could have their things on Fridays or Mondays or have pizza or whatever. Like you allowed that. Yeah, but you know what? It's not even, that's, that's a really good point because this whole controlling people's time, like, like I want to control people's time in the sense that you're not wasting time. Right. Always got meetings, always reading emails. All that's just stupid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. But I'm not worried about if you're taking our kids, we're going to do this and it's good for the the culture. I don't care. Take the hour. As long as you get your job done at the other day, I couldn't care less. It's about know, being productive and, 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 and adding to, you know, the success of, of yeah. the team. Right. But, but do you think that's a norm? I don't. No, Judy, that's why we're on this podcast. It's yeah. because <laughs> typical <laughs> thinkers think different than an atypical yeah. thinker. I need to rely on people. The typical thinker, typical executive relies on themselves. Now, don't get me wrong. The typical thinker also knows that he needs his team to be productive. I'm not saying they don't. But me as an atypical, I need, I require my team to be super effective and productive because that's a, mine's a need. Mine's not a want. Yeah. And when you yeah. when my brain is framed that work, let me tell you, it's big difference from a typical executive. I, so I've well, always not. said that atypicals are more suited for leadership because our whole life is about getting help, finding help, finding people, supporting people, working with people, being organized. Because if I'm not organized, I fail. Simplifying because if I don't simplify, I fail. Those are requirements of mine. I'm not doing them because like an atypical, I read them in a you know, business one-on-one book. But you also, there's a, but you said a very key thing to me, because I've always been like this, just get your work done. 
I don't care. Get your work done. Yeah. You know, and whereas with a typical, and you got to remember, I worked in a, in a, in a, in a hotel. So there was two very different cultures, believe me. And, you know, they had to put in FaceTime. They, you know, I remember at one time the, the director of sales told me that when she, she had to be in her desk at certain times and she had to have her job description on the corner of her desk at all times. And they wanted to see that and they wanted to know that at any point she could pick up that job description and say, yes, this is my job. Well, whereas that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. You know, whereas I didn't care. I mean, you know, certain people had to be in certain places at certain times because you're on the phones or you're opening the doors to the club and you're doing those things. But in the office, get your job done. Well, sure. But look at today. I mean, COVID right? caused everybody to work from home. Everything I've heard and seen is everyone was just as productive. People may have been more productive working from home. I know yeah. my kids love it. They want to continue yeah. with that. And does it really matter? Now, I understand there's a, a team aspect and a, how do you get to know your teammates? And there's all those sorts of things to figure out. And I, I don't know that they've been figured out, but the world is evolving. And it's right. got to be about changing the way we manage people, uh, maybe the way we create the team atmosphere. We have to evolve. We have to change. But we have to. But it's still about right. people people being valued and people being productive and you know it's all those things i don't know because i'm not in the world anymore but people um you know there's very definite cultures that know they had to be back at work the first day that they were allowed to have their workers back at work boy they oh, no, be for a, sure there'll yeah. always be that but it doesn't make it there's right no, yeah no it doesn't make it, it doesn't right. make it wrong either i guess because you think about it if i love love being at my office, and I love the people around me. I love the interaction. I might want to race back to the office. Exactly. So you know, do. I'm right. more, I'm more atypical. Kind of helter skelter works for me in a very organized fashion. But yeah. I, I'm, I'm good with all that shit because I That'd want all that shit. I mean, I never worked long hours, ever. No, I know. Ever, yeah. ever, yeah. because yeah. my brain didn't function well with too many hours. But listen, but at the same time, I could say I work 24-7 because my brain never shut off either. doesn't right. matter. I could be in a movie. I could be out walking in the park, and my brain is thinking, how am I going to do about right. this? What am I going to do about that? So when I land at that desk on a Monday morning, I'm off to the races. I'm right. not thinking, okay, what am I going to do now? I've been, plan <laughs> I've been planning it all weekend. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Okay, Sometimes. cool. Okay, so what's our takeaway well, I think right. it is, I think that fun is much multi-dimensional. That yes. there's a from fundamental box and structure that needs to be there that makes your job have clarity. You know what you're accountable. There's no surprises for you or anybody else. It's consistency. You have yeah. to have fun at work, and yeah. I mean in work. It's got to be fun. You got to enjoy your people around you, and then it's the add-ons. And you also have to enjoy what you're doing. Like, I mean, you have to be interested in what you're doing. You have to be interested in the subject with with what you're actually working at. Yeah, but that that's that to me is a little different. If you're not, well, then why are you there? And if you're there to have a job, you know, I don't want you on my team. If the last thing you want to do is be here doing that job, well, you're one of the people I'm getting rid of. And I don't mean right. that in a mean. Now, I have to look at myself because maybe you don't enjoy your job because I'm not doing some of the right things. I have to look right. at that and make sure that's the case. But at the end of the day, right. you want to be an electrician and you're working for a pharmacy company. Well, go no. be an electrician. People love being accountable. 
People always yeah. say to me that, oh my God, you hold your people so accountable. People love being accountable. There are mm -hmm. no surprises when you know what you're accountable for. No one coming and saying, oh, I thought you were going to do that. There's none of that shit. Right. I know. Yes. I do it. That's it. It's a wonderful world. Do you want to sing us out on It's a Wonderful How's World? How's that go again? I, I see, see trees are green, red roses too, something, something. 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 I'm going to have a drink or two, <laughs> and I'll think to myself, what a wonderful world. All right, that's it. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us today and listening to another episode of The Atypical Leader. If you haven't already done so, like, share, and follow me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. By liking and sharing, you will help other atypicals find all of us. So we can all start to leverage the stories, strategies, and strengths of what make us all unique. Keep listening and remember, take charge and push away those self-doubts. Leverage what we're talking about. Be confident in who you are and proud of what makes you unique. So join me, Rick Brennan, and my co-host, Judy Sims, on the next episode of The Atypical Leader. And don't forget to get your copy of the book, The Atypical Leader, Harnessing the Power of Neurodiversity on Amazon. To learn more about us, leadership, and neurodiversity, please go to our website, atypicalleader.com. Thanks for listening. Let's do it again next week. 